From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. I am Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. Yes. Before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot of support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage, or use blind-ninja-studios at checkout and join today. I'd also like to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Hoppenbrell Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, Phil Feldman, and Tyler Romanski. If, you, if you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Brian, what have you been up to beer-related lately, my friend? Oh, boy. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, I was just in St. Louis with the uh, the Devster. Oh, the old Devster. The Dev yep. Man. The Dev Meister. And uh, we went to my favorite OPS tap house, but also we went to um, the brewery in, uh, that Dark Ace had uh, in they had the tournament, but the uh bef- the party before and i think after was at four hands brewing which um i had never been to and i'm, I'm trying to look up the, the double ipa because i'm old and can't remember back in my day we just had to remember our double ipas on the untapped but anyway four hands brewing was amazing um i was wearing a heavy metal a very obscure heavy metal t-shirt and i walked up and george from dark ace uh recognized my um t-shirt and he said is that a knoll t-shirt um but yeah it's uh, i believe it is called incantation <laughs> I suck. Dude, we haven't done this. Or I'm sorry, it's incarnation. It has a, like a like a church, uh like a sort of a, a stained glass window. Oh, very cool. Look to it on the can. And when the last time you went down, he gave you a four pack to bring to me. Yep. Uh, but I was actually able to Yeah, I noticed try. you didn't bring me any beer. So <laughs> We, I think we just brought uh, other things back from uh, places where things are legal in St. Louis and also Illinois. So, no, um, yeah, no, no, that's okay. My feelings aren't hurt. Right. So, what did I? What did I text you though? I I texted you something about the incarnation beer. Do or yeah? Do you remember that? Do I remember something? Whew. I mean, if, you're, if your brain's going, mine's going. Let's see. Um, well, no, that was, that was, let's see. They had done something special to their double IPA incantation. 
I don't think you sent Incarn- me anything, man. Christ, incarnation. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. No, I'm you, pretty sure I did. It might have been on Snap. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. Theolized IPA. Nope, that was generative IP, uh, AI. Nope, you were just... No, they had... A, 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 she pronounced it really weird, like, theolized. I guess you could pronounce it that way. But I, I mean, if I, if I was going to be like, these are theols, so I'd be like theolized. I, I mean, this like I hot think theols, is right? Those, correct. I think this is one of those situations where if you have never heard anyone pronounce the word, but you have read yeah. the word a number of times, like you have an idea of what well, the word sound like in your head. Yeah. Well, so I remember talking about hop theols and um, pulling out the theols with certain types of yeast when we were going through the Janish book. Right. So theolized refers to like the engineered yeast strain that has the ability to biotransform the theol precursor yeah. found in malt and hops, etc. Yeah, so we're just talking and- about biotransformation. So everything old is new again. Yes, and so I had never ever heard anyone refer to it as a theolized or a thialized beer. So when she said it, it kind of took me by surprise, and I was like, "Wait, you just mean biotransform?" Biotransform, and she said, "No, thialized." And I said, "Oh, cool, thank you," and took my beer and left. Yeah. Ten years ago, old Bry would have probably argued with her for fifteen minutes and got kicked out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that was probably the like getting kicked, like arguing for 10 minutes is probably the right way to go on that one. No. Yeah, no, she no. needs she's wrong and you need to prove her wrong. And be like, no, we're trying to say the same thing. and We're going to argue about it. In any case, <laughs> you can buy yeasts that are engineered to biotransform these days. You mm-hmm. could not when... Or rather, some folks figured out. I think when we were sort of in our in our infancy of figuring out how exactly to make good juicy IPAs, um, you know, we we were like, oh, throw some wheat flour in there, do this, do that, and you know, and that's how we how we learn and grow is by either succeeding or failing, and that's once again, as I've said on this show a hundred times. This is why it is so cool to be a home brewer because you can do all this crap at your house and you can screw up $40 of ingredients or whatever and be frustrated and then dump it all out of the ground and then do another one. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, you seriously, you can unleash some, some amazingly like uh, inaccessible flavor. But how was the beer? And tropical aroma in your beer by just switching to this particular yeast strain. And we can talk about in another episode exactly which strains, but that's not what this episode is about. No, um, but I want to know how beer? was that beer? Uh, I'm just going to be honest. And I know we're usually like kind of whatever hush hush about beers we don't like, but I didn't dislike this beer. I thought it was great. It just didn't taste like uh, incarnation to me. And I prefer the double uh, West Coast clear version of it. Mm-hmm. The hazy version was fine, but I'm really super into that beer. 
uh, and I've had it fresh. I've had it a little bit old. I've had it off the tap. And I still think it's one of the the very best double IPAs I've ever had. So awesome. Forehands, St. Louis, Missouri. Fuck yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's so it's been a minute since we've recorded. Uh, I've had a few things. Um, first thing I want to do is I want to give a big shout out to Brian Bryanson. He made his way uh, back up here to the frigid north and uh, we met up, had a beer. Uh, and We talked about uh, everybody's new favorite friend, um, Gary P. Tuttle and the uh, the homebrewer extraordinaire, which we're going to talk about another cock up with Gary this week. Um, so. Did Brian Bryanson know that I was in St. Louis visiting another patron, Devin Stinson? I don't think he knew that at the time, but I believe I conveyed that fact or I failed to. I knew you were out of town. I don't think I could remember the reason you were out of town. That's why. <laughs> um, beyond that, uh, I went out to Devil's Lake uh, this past or over the 4th um, and went to uh, there's a town of Baraboo right next there. And we went to Tumbled Rock Brewing. And I also had a wonderful IPA experience, albeit a very different one. I had an English IPA, and I hadn't had an English IPA in so long. And I was like, oh my God, this is so good. Some delicious, like, Fuggle EKG with some toffiness. Mmm. Do you think that those could come back, or do you just think that their system and their overhead is low enough where they could make that kind of beer. I think it's more the second one than the first one. I would love to see them come back. I don't think they will. I don't think we're in that beer cycle yet. I think we're still, uh, if I, if I had to look at where I think beer is going, I think we are moving heavily into lager territory and uh into lighter fruited beers okay i think i I think i think like we're gonna see like shandies and things like that see a big come up over like the milkshake sours i think those are kind of going out of vogue yeah it is very hard to say but yeah that's that's my very uneducated opinion i drink the things i like and that's what i drink I think we always have and we always will. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was, that was a lot of fun. It was really fun to hang out with Brian Bryanson. It was really fun to uh, check out Tumble Rock. Their food's great. Their beer's great. Their setup is really cool. Um, we, you can listen to a whole breakdown on it on DOO uh, that I did with uh, Carlos. And yeah, but let's get into our commercial calibration because we have kind of a weird one. Uh, speaking of fruited lighter beers. Uh, we have what happens when we do a remote. Well, yeah, we go with whatever Brian has in his fridge. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I live very close to Lining Kugel's brewery. And we I thought, oh hey, they have this new sunset wheat beer. We could do that. Yeah, and I was pretty excited about that but I don't think it exists in my town yet. I don't think so either. I don't think it's made it there yet. And Lucy and I have been drinking it for a couple of weeks. And alongside of that is their juicy peach, which I unfortunately could find. Yeah. So 
we're gonna drink Lyman Kugel's Juicy Peach. And this is extremely regional beer. I I highly doubt this goes out of even the five state area. I bet it does. I like Liney's is worldwide. We found uh Line and Kugel Shandy in New Orleans. Yeah, like Liney's has a huge reach. I don't know cool. about like I don't know about things like the juicy peach, but I know like Liney's in general has a really big reach. Like, well, so I don't know. I guess we shouldn't talk about stuff we don't know about necessarily, but I thought that like the Liney's red was of the original Liney's red was still owned by the company, but maybe not the rest of the labels. I'm not really sure, but yeah, I, I do no offense to the Liney's workers who are currently striking. Oh shit. Uh, they are. Yes. They are currently on strike. I did not know that. Why, uh, why are the Liney's workers striking? Uh, they are union and they are working towards, uh, making sure that they don't have subpar wages anymore. I mean, that seems good. Yeah. Yeah. Having subpar wages when you work for a brewery is not, not good. Not fun. Yeah. Oh, they just started striking on Monday. Like, yeah, Monday. Like yesterday so. at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. 45 uh, employees are all strike, all of them at the Chippewa Falls Brewery. Some have worked for uh, Lineys for more than 30 years. Yep. Yeah, sometimes if you work for a brewery for five years or 30 years and they're not paying you enough, like, that's not good. Yeah. Um, the, the last strike uh, was in the 80s. Wild. Yeah. Anywho. All right, yeah, uh, so let's talk about this beer. So uh, the can says juicy peach, refreshing and tart with natural peach flavor, which means extract. Sure does. Um, Wine and Kugel's juicy wait, peach. Wait, what? Hang on, hang on for a second. Why did why are we using a natural like, why like we wouldn't use peach in this beer normally because well, one um, peach is a really hard flavor to pick up from like just fruit. Um, it's one of those like super subtle fra- flavors, and you have to use a ton. Um, also, then you're adding in a lot of natural sugars and pulp and stuff in order to get a clear beer, which Line and Kugels is well known for. Sure. Um, it's pretty tough. Uh, Line and Kugels Juicy Peach is a refreshing and easy drinking beer that balances delicious sweetness from natural peach juice with subtle tart notes. This approachable thirst quenching beer is packed with flavor and sure to please your palate with a smooth finish. Let's find out. Uh, yeah, so it pours. Uh, I don't have a lot of head in mine. Mine kind of vanished. Mine's kind of not so bad, but yep. this is uh, my Mare de Sioux glass. Uh, my, uh, I have a dishwasher at home that I don't use, and I just store beer glassware in it. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. So my head is quickly dissipating. Uh, it was about a finger and a half, and now it is less than half of a finger. Crystal clear straw golden color. Yep. Aroma is peach rings. It's just straight peach rings. It is absolutely peach rings. 
Uh, if you are not American or I guess maybe Midwestern and don't know what we're talking about, peach rings are a gummy candy that are peach flavored. I don't know if they're, uh, worldwide or not. Um, and sometimes they have a little sugar on them, but they're very like artificially peach. So they, yeah, then the candy is slightly sour, but there's sugar on it or yeah. the other way around. I think it's, I think it's, uh, there's like, it has like that. That peachy, slightly sourness, but then there's sugar on, and it's like sugar coated. Uh, uh, wow, this beer is way drier than I expected. Like it just like sucks all the moisture out of my mouth. Uh, it's not as sweet as I thought it was gonna be. I think that's a good thing for from a drinkability standpoint. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't hate this nearly as much as I thought I was going to. But yes, very dry, very dry. Um, I wonder almost if they weren't trying to make this beer so dry. But they added juice into it, which is going to dry it out. Absolutely. Um, so that, yeah, that residual yeast, if there is any, which I don't know. At what point they add this, I can't say. But it would uh, consume some of those sugars and then also uh, dry it out. But uh, there's also like a tartness involved that like, I think right. might be giving like a falseness of dryness. Yeah, like right up front, I get a little bit of tartness and then it goes away into that like peachy flavor. And then I just get not quite tannic, but there's like this um, almost like red wine dryness. They're tannin, but again, I... I'm, I I'm, I'm struggling to use the word tannic. Because I don't think it's fully. I was there. just gonna say I wouldn't. I wouldn't use. I wouldn't necessarily use that word. I think tart would be more. Yeah. Where I'm at, and it's it's kind of like when you get to the the center of the peach, where it's you get to the pit, and it, you know, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. That's fascinating. Pick it up. Try it. it. it I don't think you'll beer. hate it. It's a, I mean, it's a good peach beer. Like, and I never thought I'd say that sentence. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, 4.4 alcohol by volume. Yeah. Yep. Approachable. Thirst quenching. Very approachable. Very thirst quenching. I'm liking this Northwoods Amber a little bit better. That's more beer flavored beer. Yeah. Saw that one. I'm like, hey, Brian, let's do this one. He's like, I want to go to the liquor store. I'm like, I understand. Well, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, <laughs> amber is how ambery is it? Ah, uh, it's like a medium amber. Yeah, All right. uh, like um, not quite like Jurassic Park caught a mosquito in it, amber, but like close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our main discussion topic today. I know everybody's ready for this. This is uh, we got we got another uh, letter from uh from our friend Gary, uh, and shout out to Brian Bryanson again for giving Gary his full name, Gary P. Tuttle, uh, which is a mash reference for all of you old fogies out there like me and Brian. Indeed. All right, so. Uh, Gary wants to make an incredibly hop-forward West Coast-style IPA. That is the problem that we're dealing with today. So Gary loves IPAs, which, Brian, I know you can 
identify with this. And Gary is just tired of the hazy, juicy IPAs that he's been finding at the local beer shop. So he decided to take matters into his own hands and brew a palate-stripping, dank, crystal-clear West Coast IPA. And Gary has been brewing on and off for a while and has had some success, but this was his first IPA, so he did some cursory research on the style. In his research, which, if we're being honest, is probably mostly drinking, uh, he came away with a few takeaways. More hops equals better. And he wants a light body to accentuate the hop character. So Gary built up his hop forward recipe um, that he pulled out all the tossing in hops at 60, 30 and 15 minutes. Uh, Gary was so excited about his beer that he pulled out all the stops to get this clear through an Irish moss at the end of the boil and used gelatin before packaging. After a couple of weeks, he cracked uh, into his first bottle of Gary's excellent IPA, poured it into a glass, and took a big swig and almost spat it out. It was incredibly bitter, almost grassy. The beer was a little hazy as well, not the crystal clear beer he was hoping for. Where did Gary cock up? Are you ready for the recipe? Yeah, for let's hear it. Gary's uh, excellent IPA. Uh, 15 Damn. pounds of two-row. That's 100% of the grist. That's it? That's Only his grist. Two Only two rows. Right. Okay. Um, two ounces of Chinook at 60 minutes. Okay. Uh, this is a five-gallon batch, by the way. Uh, four ounces of Cascade four. at 30 minutes. 19 liters. Yep. Uh, three ounces of Citra at 15 minutes. Three ounces of Citra at the hop stand. And two ounces of Simcoe Dry Hop. For a mouth-puckering 182 IBUs calculated. That is a, all right, is it, is it a, an ass load of hops? <laughs> it's close is to a fuck ton, I think. A shit load? <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot. That's uh, almost a pound of hops in a five gallon batch. And these, the intervals are, the intervals seem arbitrary. So. I mean, they're not arbitrary. Gary oh, put some thought into them. Did he? No. Okay. He? <laughs> Gary did thinks he did. AI to <laughs> It says it says 180 IBU on the tin the tin formula. Yep. Or, wow. Yep. 182 calculated. That's a fuck ton. Yeah. So Let's let's talk about where where Gary went wrong, what Gary could have done better and like let's help Gary out here. So, I think the very first spot Gary went wrong was his research. We don't ex- know exactly where Gary researched or what he did, but because he's such a new brewer, I think it's important for him to do more due diligence. Like, Brian, if you were going to brew a style that you hadn't brewed before, what would be the first book that you would reach for? Oh, um, good Lord. It's behind. It's where is it? It's behind me. Oh, I see it. I see it. What's the, what's the title of that book? Hops. (laughs) Oh, it's right there. Yep. Oh, I saw that one. I thought you were pointing at brewing classic styles. Oh, that one's there too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like if, if honestly, if I, if I'm brewing a new, if I'm brewing a new style that I haven't brewed before, 
I reach for. If you can't see, I am backwards pointing at my camera to some books on a shelf behind me. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will always reach towards Brewing Classic Styles by Jamil Zanishev. That book absolutely. is an incredible resource um, for research. And it and it is unbelievably simplistic in its form. It is the Bible to me. Um, yeah, you you've seen my copy of it. It's it's oh, it's, it's dog-eared, and I have two physical copies, and I bought it on Kindle once because I was researching a beer and didn't have access to a physical copy. Yeah, I mean, or the Hobbs book is fine. But the yeah, Hobbs book just, is good, but. You know. For for a new brewer, I would recommend um, reaching towards brewing classic styles. Uh, also, yes. hit up uh, like the forums, uh, like Homebrew Talk and Reddit, and listen to podcasts. Do your due diligence, and yeah, um, I think you're going to get a lot of advice and some of that. Like, I ah, just throw a bunch of hops in it. I think you are going to get a lot of advice wherever you go, but I also think that you should be careful about confirmation bias in a, in a sense where if you are, and I think maybe this is why Gary P. Tuttle made 182 IBU beer is that he, he utilized confirmation bias and he kept searching until he, he found the answer that he wanted. And then just, you just went went with it. So you on the internet long enough, you'll find what you want. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So like Gary's big things here is the beer tasted bitter and like grassy. It wasn't clear. So. Yeah. Yeah. The bitterness, like we could back off so many of these hops. Like literally half of them can go away. And then some. We can probably get rid of 75% of these hops and still end up with a really good IPA. Yeah, I think, man, I don't even know where to start on this because I've got well, so many. I have a, like a whole bunch of notes on this. Start at the top. What's your first note? Um, I think, first of all, what was what was it first? It It's grassy. Yep. Bitter and grassy. Well, well, bitter, we already know. He threw way, way, way too many hops in there. Yep. That, that, but why did it become grassy? Like, what are the roots of the grassy? grassy? Like, there's, um, if there's, he, a, there's yeah. a bunch of different things. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if he didn't, uh, like, filter out the trub enough, that can yep. cause the grassiness. If he left it on the dry hop too long, that can cause grassiness. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like those are the big ones that I can think of. Uh, here's the more obscure one, but um, poor poor storage. Oh, hops. yeah. Or malt, too. You know, we we can't just only focus on the hops every time when the beer tastes bad, and we just think, oh yeah, no, it's got to be the hops. Rah. Might could be the malt mm-hmm. had poor storage as well. Moist hops, moist grain can both uh, have grassiness. Um, they're called alehydes. Um, also, mold may be a factor. And 
this is kind of an issue with larger breweries when they buy like contract hops and they've just sort of got to like clear out the contract and pull all the hops in and they're they're just old i mean it works a little bit better for bittering hops because well all we're looking for out of the bittering hops is alphas and bitterness you know um but after poor storage old hops malt that you know old and crappy um excessive contact time is another thing so boiling for too long or like too many high alpha for too long um and then we've covered this who knows which episode i wish there were a way to like zero in on which episode but if you've got a giant ball of hops here and you throw them in like what's contacting them like say we have a circle oh, poor surface area yeah like the 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 contact surface area of like this big ball of hops or if you use like a t-ball you know stuff like that uh long boils um and this is where we might get into the talking about skimming you know and you said trub um anything over a calculation of 100 ibu i'm sorry let me let me rephrase that anything over like 75 you need to really start being careful about how that might work um yeah you can you know it is cool or i'm sorry in 2008 it was cool to try to brew the bitter bomb right remember when we could continuously hop for 120 minutes i do and i think that um i don't know may or may not have been anecdotal but um so we can we can say that also at above 75 or 80 and i don't remember what the exact number is but once you start getting into 100 ibu the the tongue can't perceive that level of bitterness so there's that um if you're experimenting with wet hop if you are talking about fresh cut hops that have been harvested harvested recently that aren't like completely dried the way they need to be um you know like keg hopping might be a factor um dry hop time should be kept lower than two weeks um it is is really good to separate the the work from the trouble like you said like maybe if you didn't know that and you were trying to like get each each drop or every last drop out of the beer and you and you scooted some trub in there um gosh what else um can water play a factor into this grassiness 100 percent. but the last thing i was going to say the last note that i have here is variety oh yeah um there are multiple varieties that might contribute to grassiness or whatever that is making gary's beer um <laughs> cock up or taste bitter and grassy um buggles mosaic would probably be a culprit um if we really wanted to talk uh, we i don't know how how much do you want to dive into water because we'd want to be like high gypsum high epsom low calchlor and then um maybe pushing more gypsum i don't know it's 
you would really, really need, you know, it doesn't sound like Gary's super advanced on his water, but like you, your ratio would have to be very well calculated or very well thought yeah. out. I think honestly, the, like the number one thing that Gary needs to change is he needs to take his hot bill and he needs to cut it by like two thirds. Oh, at least. And like that's, and that's, that's where you really want to like gut this. And honestly, like if he's looking for a clear, bitter beer like cutting that hot build down is also going to help with clarity there's going to be a lot less of that irish moss and gelatin and like i understand and have been have experienced doing that and still coming out with a hazy beer Mm -hmm. um but yeah again that a lot of that has to do with water and like hot hot bill and like the way that you're transferring it to um yeah yeah it's like it all becomes like a whole thing right Mm -hmm. um so gary i think where you cocked up was you didn't do your research you added too many hops but it's fixable for your next beer this this one's shot this one's done i don't think you can save this one gary i'm sorry you're gonna have to dump those bottles i'm sorry you bottled or you could just keep them and drink punishment beer. That's how you learn your lesson. Or you keep giving it to your friends and they'll just tell you it's amazing. So they keep getting free beer. Jeez. Remember that or those early homebrew days? I do. <laughs> Wait, actually, no, I never had those days. All my beers were were amazing. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I make better beer, I still like I still have a hard time like being like, guys, drink the beer. And they're like, ah, we're just gonna drink the beer we brought. I'm like, I get it. I would do the I don't same know. thing. Having like a never-ending beer tap at your house is pretty cool. It is. It's not bad. It's not bad. All right. Well, should we get out of here? Yeah. Alrighty. Um, I was doing a really good job at trying to find the outro music and I found it. All right, guys, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, or you guys want to send us uh, a cock up from Gary, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnessstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash blindnessstudios. You can follow us on Instagram at blindninja studios. And I'll see you guys next week, hopefully. Thanks.